0: Larry21. Yes, that's the code. Check out poddex.com. Take your podcast to the next level. Welcome to the Talkin' Texas Rangers podcast, where we dive into the latest rumors and news surrounding Texas Rangers baseball, And welcome to Talkin' Texas Rangers, your home for all things Texas Rangers news. I'm your host, Larry Lee and we are just moments away from opening day for the Texas Rangers. Before we dive into the latest topics, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Game Time. With opening day just around the corner, we'd like to remind you... the best place to get tickets is at game time me personally i always go to game time for tickets i find the best deals they've got the best customer service i've never had an issue using a ticket i receive from game time check them out today and help support the show the link is in the description and now on to our first topic five bold predictions for the 2022 season Coming off an offseason that saw the team splurge on top free agents as well as improving the roster in general, the Rangers are set to begin the 2022 season with higher expectations than 2021, yet still not reaching the point of contention. That looks to be on the 2023 agenda. For now, we're ready for an exciting season ahead. These are five bold predictions for this season's Texas Rangers. Number one, Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon combined for at least 60 home runs. They raked in hundreds of millions in free agency. Now it's time to watch it pay off. Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon secured long-term contracts from the Texas Rangers and free agency, and the two will form the middle of the team's infield for years to come. It was legitimately thrilling to see John Daniels and Chris Young land not one, but two of the market's top shortstops. Seager and Simeon are easily capable of hitting 30 or more home runs apiece, given our offensive talent. That's the primary reason both stars were brought in to bolster a lineup in desperate need of big hitters. The main issue with Seeger is health, while Simian is a beacon of consistency. If the two can stay on the field most of the season together, the sky is the limit for both guys. In number two, in number two, Nathaniel Liu will have a breakout season. He's always had big-time potential, and 2022 is the year in what, which Lowe will finally make good on it. Acquired from the Rays in 2020, Lowe had solid but unspectacular first season in Texas. With 18 home runs and a seven seventy two OPS, his contact skills are better than you think. as he hit two sixty four in 2021? He'll never be mistaken for a contact hitter, however. The one weak spot in Lowe's game is his defense, which is less than stellar at first base, but based on the kind of year we're predicting the 26-year-old to have in 2022, that shouldn't be a problem. Lowe always hits the ball hard and has sneaky good play discipline. If he can really hone in on those attributes and eliminate some of his bad tendencies like chasing high fastballs and hitting balls on the ground rather than in the air, he's going to enjoy a breakout year. Pencil Lowe in for around 25 to 30 homers as one of the big boppers in this improved Texas Rangers lineup. And number three... Spencer Howard establishes himself as a legitimate rotation piece. After being traded to the Rangers in 2021, Howard struggled posting a 9.70 ERA down the stretch and continuing along the same trajectory that had plagued him with the Phillies. Once a former top-pitching prospect, Howard still has that within him. The talent never left. He may never become an ace, but he doesn't need to be in Texas. Not with Jack Leiter and Cole Wynn on the way. Not with Ricky Vinasco and Owen White also waiting in the wings. And that alone should be a difference maker for Howard in 2022, knowing the pressure is off. Still, the Rangers need to see Howard step up in 2022 to validate the decision to swap Hans Kraus for him last summer. Based on the spring training he's had, improvement could be imminent. Across 7.2 spring innings, the 25-year-old had nine strikeouts and a sparkling 2.35 ERA. But best of all, just two walks. Control has given Howard trouble over his career, so it's nice to see him rein his stuff in more this spring. Watch Howard's development this season as Texas continues to bring him along. And number four. Taylor Hearn becomes the number two starter in the rotation. The Rangers have already hinted at this by giving Harn the start for the home opener against the Colorado Rockies, but his development will continue all season. Last season, amidst injuries and COVID, he stepped into a rotation spot and delivered, quickly gaining Chris Woodward's trust and becoming a staple down the stretch for the Rangers. Texas loves his competitive drive, and his stuff isn't so bad either. Arguably his rotation spot last season, but this season, he's going to take his game up a notch, rocketing up the depth chart to a second starter behind John Gray. And if he keeps pitching well, there's no reason to believe anyone will supplant him from that spot this season. And finally, number five, at least three top 10 organizational prospects will make their MLB debut this year. Here's one that will excite Texas Rangers fans. The future is here, and it's bright. It's fully expected that the team will promote some of their top prospects in the coming years as this rebuild finally starts to bear fruit. And I believe some of these young talents will graduate to the big leagues as soon as this year. Among them should be Cole Wynn, Josh H. Smith, Josh Jones. In a twist, one of Justin Foscue or Dustin Harris will make their big league debut in 2022. If I had to, if I had to guess which of Foscue or Harris will debut this year, my money would be on the latter, given his meteoric rise. Though Foscue's tear at High Hickory last summer shouldn't be ignored. Both Foscue and Harris will start this season at AA Frisco, meaning they're both somewhat close to making it to Arlington. Therefore, by season's end, don't be surprised if one of these talented position players makes even just a brave cameo at Globe Life Field in a game. Before we move on, let us know in the comments section below which of these prospects do you think will make it to the MLB this year. And now on to our next topic, grading the Texas Rangers signings and trades most exciting Rangers off-season in franchise history is coming to a close. Finally, after a grueling four months of being restricted a lot of off-season content, we've been able to soak in spring training, and there is clear, definitive proof that the Rangers have fun, new baseball players. There were a lot of moves this off-season, some of them good, some of them bad, and some of them, well, in the middle. I'm taking a look at the major transactions dealt by Chris Young and John Daniels and how much sense they make heading into the 2022 season and beyond. Now, take all of this with a grain of salt. The Rangers have not played one regular season game with any of these dudes yet. So we're just taking a look at the potential of these moves and whether they make sense as they happen. There might even be more moves before Friday's opening. You never know. So first off, shortstop Corey Seager and second baseman Marcus Simeon. What else can you say but an A+. What else needs to be said? Rangers threw in the kitchen sink at two of the top 20 players in the league. They now have the best middle infield in the majors. Simeon and Seager alone dramatically increased the team's offensive production. I'm personally a huge money ball believer. On-base percentage is what will generate you wins. Three of the top six on-base percentage clubs in 2021 make their made their respective league championship series. Hate them as you might, the Astros have finished in the top five in OBP every year since 2017, and it's gotten them to five straight ALCS appearances. Seager and Simeon alone make the Rangers infinitely more enjoyable to watch and offensively threatening. For the last few years, many of the bright spots of the organization had a catch to them. Andrews and Chu were good, productive veterans, but they were both well past their prime by the time 2020 rolled around. Joey Gallo is an elite player, elite plate discipline hitter, but he swings for power and strikes out more than the casual fan cares to enjoy. There's the Corey Kluber incident. Many fan favorites including Jose Trevino, Lance Lynn, IKF, and many more have been dealt to improve the direction of the ball club. Tanking sucks. Losing sucks. Being the worst offense in the league really sucks, but Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon, are two extremely versatile hitters with leadership mentalities and plenty of baseball ahead of them in their careers. The former was a World Series MVP and champion as recently as 2020. The latter, literally had the best hitting season for a second baseman ever last year. The Rangers are tired of being a rollover franchise, and this was the first of many moves to get out of that rut. And now we look at the acquisition of Mitch Garver. And I'm going to go with a B+. He has the potential to be the best Rangers hitting catcher since Mike Napoli. Now the key word being potential. If you don't know much about Mitch Garber, keep it short and sweet for you. He's had a myriad of injury problems throughout his career, but his 2019 season was elite at the plate, and he can swing for a lot of power. The team has heavily prioritized defensive catching in recent years with guys like Robinson Chirinos, Jeff Mathis, and Jose Trevino. There's nothing wrong with that in theory, but it's been a really long time since the Rangers had longevity in terms of hitting out of their catchers. Garver is going to be splitting a fair amount of time between catcher and DH this year, which is good. If he can stay on the field, his bat should supply the Rangers' lineup with plenty of power and run production. Since his breakout year in 2019, Garver has accumulated a slash line of 254, 348, 546, with 46 home runs and 106 RBIs. And, 184 games during that time span. His career hard hit rate is 49.6% and his swing out a lot of lifted balls. I know it's a dead horse for Garber at this point, but the team just needs him to stay healthy. 100 plus games at 375-ish at-bats is the goal for him at this point. And if the team receives that out of him, it will provide massive benefits to the offensive production. And of course... What can be said at John Gray? We give him the acquisition of B. The Rangers have their rotation ace in John Gray. After signing him to a four year deal in November, Gray spent seven years with the Rockies and broke out as one of the bright spots in a historically weak franchise when it comes to pitching. As recently as 2019, Gray was a 4.0 war player, striking out 180 plus batters in a season and thriving and bound as one can be expected to win pitching at 5,000 feet. Entering his age 30 season, Gray poses a low-risk, high-reward type player for the club. He's struggled since 2020, at least compared to some of his more promising seasons in 2017, 2019. But pitching in a climate-controlled setting could bring out some of his best stuff. He's eclipsed 150 strikeouts four times in seven years. He's a career 19.7% flyball percentage pitcher, Will you see a resurgence and return to form in Arlington? If you can stay healthy. After having had a variety of sporadic injuries throughout his career, the Rangers may get their answer and be pleased with it. And now Infielder Brad Miller, which we give a beep minus. The Rangers need more guys who pimp flip. Home runs. Brad Miller is good at doing this. Miller will likely fill the Charlie Culberson-Brock Holt utility role for the team in 2022, and he'll do so with nearly a full season of Major League experience under his belt. 2021 saw Brad Miller getting the most playing time that he's had since 2017, as he had 331 bats in 140 games. Brad Miller is the epitome of a mixed bag type player. He strikes out a fair bit, but he cranked 20 home runs last year in Philadelphia. When he makes contact, he has a lot of pop in his swing. His career strikeout rate is higher than the league average, but the same applies to his walk rate, exit velocity, and ROBA numbers. He's a lefty hitter that is capable of hitting well against right-handed pitching. His 106 weighted runs created plus in 2021 ranked higher than every Texas Ranger not named Joey Gallo, Nate Lowe, and Andy Ibanez. Is he going to be a 300-plus hitter smacking home runs left and right? Probably not. Probably won't see much playing time once Josh Jung is healthy again. In the meantime, he'll be able to split platoon time with Ibanez at third base and get the Rangers at least a fair share of production in the bottom third of their lineup. And now, starting pitcher Martin Perez. We're going to... Uh, it's going to be tough, but I give this a C-plus move. The Rangers decided to reunite with old friend Martin Perez on a one-year deal. I'll keep it short and sweet in regards to Perez. He hasn't really been anything about serviceable above serviceable since 2016 2017. Even then, he's been wild. He hasn't posted a FIP below 450 since 2016. His whip has skyrocketed in recent years, and his career of 185 ratio is vastly underwhelming. It's a C-plus move because I think it's a decent filler move for what it is. Currently a very thin rotation, John Gray and Dane Dunning are the only two guys who at this very second can be expected to be regular rotation guys for the next three to four years. Taylor Hearn has promised, but we need to see sustained success from him. Lighter and Wynn still have work to do in the minors, and Alexi and Howard, among others, have yet to cement their role. Is Perez a good pitcher? Far from it but he can at least hold over a rotation spot and not be actively bad in the short term. Let us know your um, comments in the section, comments section below. Uh, what do you think are some of the better moves that the Rangers made? Do you have any that you think were bad? Let us know. And now, finally, John Gray looked filthy in his final start before opening day. He'd be hard-pressed to look more ready for an opening day assignment than Sean Gray did Sunday. The Rangers started Friday in Toronto to kick off the regular season. What is mid was in mid-season form in Cactus League play against the Brewers, Gray finished the afternoon with four innings, two walks, one earned run, and six punch-outs of Brewers hit, hitters. If he can pitch like this during the regular season, the Rangers will certainly feel good about the four-year, $50 million contract they signed him to during the winter. The 30-year-old is no ace, even if he is de facto one in Arlington this season, but he has the potential to develop into a solid middle-in-the-rotation fixture for years to come. There is history of tapping into the talent well of pitchers in their 30s here recently, including Kyle Gibson, Ian Kennedy last season, and Lance Lynn and Mike Minor in seasons prior. It isn't ideal that Gray projects as the ace of this pitching staff, but hopefully internal improvements from Dane Dunning, Taylor Hearn, Spencer Howard, and others will raise the caliber of this starting staff, the most glaring weakness remaining on the roster. But that's not to say Gray hasn't earned the opening day of nine. he's slated to receive Friday against the Blue Jays. He's the pitcher on this team, most deserving of it. Texas believes the future of their rotation lies in the minors, with their stable of quality pitching prospects. So eventually, Gray figures to slot in as a veteran presence behind those young arms down the line. For now, though, Gray Wolf looked every bit the part Sunday of the honor that was bestowed upon him this season. Opening day starter for the Texas Rangers. And now on to the Poddex segment. Today's question is, who is your favorite player of all time? And I would have to go with uh, Gerardo Para, just because I think it's so funny that his um, walk-up song is uh, "Baby Shark," and I also like the fact that he used that song in honor of his kid. But let us know in the comment section below who you, who is your favorite player of all time. And as always, um, be sure to subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms. You can support the show uh, through PayPal your support helps the channel grow um, hire new hosts take the show on the road perhaps uh, record an episode live from the Rangers game but well, as always thank you so much for watching and listening we will see you next time this has been the Talking Texas Rangers podcast let us know your thoughts on the topics we covered by tweeting us at Talkin' TX Rangers or liking us on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash Talkin' Texas Rangers. As always, thank you for listening, and go Rangers!